Hello? Hey, it's Keith. Hi, Keith. How are you doing? Not bad. Yeah, I was having a little... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing my little recorder thing again. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> yeah, okay, was, well, I'm going to turn down the TV because it's kind of loud. Cool. Yeah, I was having a, a little trouble calling. I tried calling yesterday, and uh, the phone, I don't know, something weird was going on where it didn't uh, It didn't even ring, really. It just kind of did nothing. I don't know what was going on. But. Well, see, and tonight it, it rang a funny ring, and then there was nothing. Yeah, I had to call a second time, so I don't know. That's weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, I guess the... The thing is, uh, so I'll just say for, for podcasting stuff, <laughs> is that uh, I was in Amsterdam, and obviously you know, um, and just like last time I was there, there's still no pay phones, and then I went to Japan, and there were phones, like, everywhere, so I thought it'd be fine, and I could sort something out, but it turns out that uh, it's because they have, like, all these um, earthquakes and, you know, natural disasters and stuff, so they have a, a big infrastructure of telephones, because they actually need them sometimes if power goes down and stuff, but to call home, the cheapest I could figure out was uh, about a dollar a minute, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's why there hasn't been any update to this calling home podcast in a long-ass time, because that seemed a little excessive, that would be... <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, that would be a little on the pricey side. Yeah, it's weird too, just looking up stuff. That's what's neat about going places is just like, I just look up things that I just would never think to look up anyway. Like uh, Japan, apparently back in the day, I think after the war, they, uh, you know, they just needed power desperately. So they just took whatever power plants they could get their hands on. So half of the island is 60 hertz and half of the island is 50 hertz. So I happen to be on the half where all my plugs and stuff would work. But if you go to the other half of Japan, you need an adapter. I don't know, just weird. Just a weird thing. Yeah, and you left your adapter here because you didn't think you'd need it. Yeah, I mean, I ended up getting one in Montreal, so it was okay. And uh, and it actually was handy because, I mean, obviously I needed it in Amsterdam. But even in uh, Japan, it was useful because they, uh, they, they're not down with the three-prong plugs. You know, it's all still two. So, I mean, that, that alone <laughs> was just enough to make me not be able to plug anything in, so... So it was handy. Anyway, geez, yeah, I don't know. I got uh, obviously way too much stuff that happened. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should like split up this into like three parts or whatever. Like I'll call you back next week and tell you the next part of the story or something. Okay, that'll work. Because yeah, between Amsterdam and Russia and Japan, I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of shit to catch up on. I guess first though, I'll just say uh, I'll give you my my banking update. So uh, yeah, so I had just all like it was my own fault with my debit card i didn't even think to check when it expired and it expired halfway through me being in japan and it was the weirdest thing where the bank claimed they couldn't do anything they just sent me back a generic message of like ah, sorry nothing we can do good luck try not to die uh but then my card did work in japan but it didn't work back in canada so i don't know what was going on but then geez yeah when i got back here because my address on my bank thing is still BC and I'm in BC but I told the lady like yeah but that address that you sent my new card to I don't live there anymore I live in New Brunswick now but none of my stuff had my address even my passport because I also lost my passport and had to get a new one in Japan so it's basically I'm just trying to convince this lady that it, I'm not trying to commit fraud on Keith McNally you know that I am Keith McNally <laughs> and it was ridiculous how long it took and I guess, to be fair to her, the thing that was weird is there were charges on my account that I should know about, 
but I just never think about them, so it took forever for me to remember them. Like, uh, I donate $2 a month to Wikipedia, because I use Wikipedia all the time, so it's just every month it just auto-charges $2. So of course I would know that, but it took me like all afternoon. I, I had to leave and come back and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> like this can prove that I'm me, and just, just dumb shit like that. Finally she's like, all right, I guess you're you, here's your new bank card. But uh, the downside is at the same exact time, it was so weird that this happened all together, but the prepaid credit card I've been using through Scotiabank was supposed to expire in 2021, but they're just, they just sent me a message and they're like, hey, you know what, we decided, fuck this program. Uh, but I mean, hey, whatever, come in and we'll sort something out. And it's like, well, I can't come in and sort something out. I'm in Japan, you assholes. <laughs> like, what? That was just bad luck. Like, that is nothing I could have done about that. Well, I find it a bit odd. If they have something where they promise you that you've got until 2021, then you should have until 2021. They just shouldn't be able to go around and cancel things. Yeah, it really sucked. And then they gave me the little, I mean, I've gotten this message before where they're like, but don't worry, you're pre-approved for a credit card. But I was like, I don't know, I've gotten that message before. And when I was in Vancouver two times ago, when I worked at that cheesecake shop, like I had an apartment, I had a landlord, I had a job, I had a boss, I had everything that I could possibly have to seem like a citizen. And they still wouldn't give me a credit card because I just don't have any credit history, like no debts, but no, no nothing, I'm just nothing. Like I feel like if you don't go to school when you're 18 and get a student debt, you're just fucked. <laughs> you know? Like somehow you're just not a citizen if you don't do that. Uh, so I really doubted that. I thought maybe this time because they canceled the old program. I'm like, well, maybe they're going to loosen it up a little. Like maybe they just realized that why, why do we have this prepaid program if we can just give people normal credit cards? Like maybe they'll run up a bill. Like maybe seems like just give me a, I've had this account with this bank for like 25 years like just give me a credit card but they won't same thing it's like nah you gotta have all this stuff and all these T4s and blah, 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 and it's like alright well whatever so uh, yeah so like you were saying uh, I should check with the other banks like CIBC and whatnot. so uh, it yep. looks like I can get a CIBC one but I do need an account just cause you need an account to fill it up you know like you use through your bank you need to open an account at CIBC. Yeah, which I think I will do anyway because that's one thing that's neat about traveling is all these things that went wrong made me think about stuff. Like not only my bank card um, evaporating in Japan, like if I had had a second account with a second bank, I would have been fine. But also one time, one evening in Amsterdam, I put my card into an ATM and it just got stuck in the machine and it wouldn't advance. And it was just stuck in there for 20 minutes. And uh, there's a number on the ATM that like call this, you know, to for emergencies. But because I have also a prepaid phone, like my phone doesn't work outside of Canada, so I couldn't do that. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Do I have to just like flag down a passerby and ask them to call the ATM guy and then wait here and hope he shows up? But luckily I used a second card and I managed to pry my ATM card out of the ATM with just like a, a, a library card or something. So that also was just like, man, what if I lose, like, that's the first time I realized if I lose my bank card, then what do I do? I don't know, find a Western Union office and try to find some, get you to send me money? Like, basically, I do need a second bank account just to be on the safe side, just to back things up. So I figure I will get a CIBC account and a card through them, but I might as well wait till I'm back in Fredericton to do all that stuff. It'll just be easier with the Fredericton address and everything. So till then... So you're planning on returning to Fredericton then? Yeah, I mean, I figure I'll probably, like, go to uh, 
go to Ontario and then, you know, probably for Christmas again, just come back to Fredericton for Christmas. Same, same kind of pattern I did last year. But I don't have a credit card, so I guess if I could, if I could use one of your credit cards until I get back home, that would be, I think, just the easiest way. Instead of me trying to finagle weird shit with banks while I'm not in my home province. Because, man, banks do not... Yes, I'm sure something will be worked out there. Um... Yeah, so I've got a place here until, like, the 22nd of August that I set up while I was in Japan. And then after that, I've got nothing. <laughs> That's where the runway runs out. So, so yeah, I just got to either get another place here in BC or go to Toronto or whatever. But I, I think I, I don't think I can do it without a credit card. I'm almost 40. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Mom, can I use your credit card? <laughs> or I'm going to die on the streets? Like, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? I well, it's just so weird, like, if you're not on that, you know, when you don't get on that, whatever the on-ramp is to just being a citizen, which I guess is just to have a 9-to-5 job and to just do it, and, you know, then the bank accepts you as a person. But if you're not that, like, man, just banks really hate you, because, uh... I read this interview with this this lady, uh, Lily Allen, who's a British singer, who had a bunch of songs on the British charts, but because she didn't have regular income and a normal job, she couldn't get a mortgage. And she's famous. I know her name, you know? <laughs> like, the bank just hates you if you're not a normal person. So, I mean, if Lily Allen can't do it, what hope do I have, you know? Which, again, I don't care. Prepaid credit cards are fine. But you can't just cancel the program on me when I'm in Japan. Like, what a bunch of dicks. I know, I know. That That is really... Especially since it had... I could see it if it had gone to it at its expiry date and you were trying to renew it. Yeah. But when that card actually had a date on it, and it was issued for that time period, well, they should have to honor that. Yeah, and really, what would it hurt them to just let the program wear out naturally over the next few yeah, and years. And why do they care? Like, it's a prepaid credit card. It's not like it's a credit card that you're running up the debt on. Yeah. And then you've got to pay it. You've got to pay it in advance. Well, I find that so well, weird, that's too. That's the thing, hey? They're not making any money on them. But even that, I don't know why it's such a big deal. Like, the whole thing with the credit card is just the line of credit, you know? And it's like, my card would... It would actually be more of a pain in the ass to have a real credit card because it would only be for $1,000, where the prepaid credit card... If I need to book a place for $800 and book a flight for $400, I can do that. I just got to do one one day and one the next day. You know, I, I can only put through 1000 per day, but I can do more than 1000 So having a real credit card would actually be worse for me. But they just won't give me one just because of this fear of like, oh, but what if we don't get our $1,000 back? And it's like... I just wish they wouldn't act like robots. Like, I wish I could just talk to somebody and be like, look, man, I've had this account since, like, the 90s. Nothing has ever gone wrong. There's, like, 10 grand in it right now. There's always money in it. I mean, sure, it's my parents' money, but just look at the history of it. How are you this scared about your big, precious $1,000? Who gives a shit about $1,000? You're, like, derailing my whole life for your little $1,000. It's just so fucking annoying. I mean, in the modern world, the thousand dollars is not a lot of money. It's like one month's rent. Come on, you know. <laughs> like, ugh. so anyway, yeah, I'll have to get some credit card info from you at some point. Basically, is the point of that rant. Well, maybe as I suggested to you, if you cannot get ahead, what we could do is set up uh, one of those accounts. 
where I'm the primary account holder. Yeah, yeah, so we could try try that too. So basically, yeah, I've got a, got a lot of stuff I can do once I'm back in Fredericton. But yeah, for the next uh, interstitial period. And I mean, it's I guess it doesn't really make any difference. I mean, I'm spending your money anyway. So <laughs> this is just, you know, spending money off the credit card instead of money you put in my bank account. So it doesn't really make any difference, but it's just, yeah. I don't uh, and are you using the Fredericton address as your permanent? I think you need to keep. You need to kind of keep it as. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have. That that's where you live. Yeah, I'm gonna just stick with the Fredericton address for everything from here on in. For all my stuff and keep my. Uh, that's another thing. If you have, if you're moving around your addresses a whole lot, they kind of have this feeling that, um, you know, there's something funny about you always changing your address. But if you're visiting and. Yeah, well, stuff. well, that was a weird thing too. Is she's all like this Scotia Bank lady is all just like, well, geez, you're not even like this isn't your home branch. This isn't your home province. Like, what is your home branch? And I was like, dude, I don't know, because it was that Cliff Street one that closed. I was like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I mean, I opened this thing 20 years ago. I don't know what my home thing is now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but they should be able to track and know that the Cliff Street branch was amalgamated into the Nashville Cliff branch. Yeah, I mean, they really are just robots. There's no reason for a person to be working at the bank like I, I really couldn't believe it with the because all I could do with uh, the bank like I couldn't call anybody from from Japan because again the, the phones don't work long distance and the time change is different I found out the the embassy does have a phone you can use but it's literally a 12-hour time difference so during the time that the embassy is open the bank is not open so really all I could do was just send the messages through through the banking website and yeah, just that it was like, I really tried to be polite. And it's just like, and I was like, do you, do you understand how scary this is? I've, I'm, I'm in Japan, all my stuff is paid for, but all I, I just got to take a bunch of money out of the bank and just hope it doesn't run out. Like, why, what, why would I stay with this bank? Why would a bank do this to me? Like, can you really not go in your system and just change the, this thing expires in August to this thing expires, uh, whenever it expired, you know, like just push it ahead two months. But no, they just sent back the generic thing. Oh, we're very sorry, but we can't. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> like I was trying to look at the upside of it, that all of this, you know, internet banking crazy world is the reason why I can do this stuff. Like why I can just go to Japan and whatever and use my bank card in the ATM. But when it goes wrong, God damn, like it makes me miss like, when you watch a movie that takes place in the 50s and the guy at the bank you actually know and he's not just some fucking robot <laughs> well i've been finding banks terrible to deal with like this summer like just i mean in my business i mean you try to get something like okay a discharge statement like literally you're on you're on the hold for 30 minutes then you get somebody and by the time you get them you're so pissed off <laughs> it's like you can hardly talk to them like, uh, so are you going to Ontario to uh, Ray's wedding? No, actually, uh, Ray uh, decided to uh, get, he like eloped. <laughs> so it looks smart like... Smart guy. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do the marriage thing, yeah, smart guy. Save a lot of money. Yeah, like uh, I saw the pictures of uh, the other wedding I missed, my old roommate Craig, his wedding, and man, it, it looked amazing. Like, it really looked gorgeous. It's this place uh, on Queen Street West called uh, the Great Hall that's like, you know, kind of famous. I've seen concerts and stuff from there and whatever. And yeah, he did his wedding there. It looked awesome, but I, I hate to think how much it must have cost. I didn't ask. Cause... 
Yeah, so I think, well, and also Ray, I think just because most of his family is still on the East Coast and stuff, uh, her family's from Ontario, that uh, I think there wasn't going to be like that many people anyway. Like once they put together the pieces of like what their wedding was going to be, they're like, yeah, you know what, this really isn't worth the effort. So they just, yeah. So I, I agree. I also think that's a good, good call. Yeah, well, it's such a waste of money for one day of ceremony. You could go off and have a nice uh, honeymoon, or you could uh, put the money down as a down payment on a house, you know. I think it's ridiculous the money that people spend on those great big fancy weddings. Yeah, it really, uh, I mean, I've never, I guess I've, I mean, I've just never been in debt, but I really, I always got to kind of remember that. Like, whenever I look at people's lives or whatever and they seem kind of weird to me or their choices seem weird and I'm like, like I don't know why are you doing this or why are you in that job or whatever and I always have to remember like oh yeah because you owe $70,000 or whatever if not more for whatever random shit schools and things and like whew. I mean obviously my life is a weird it's a weird nonsense silly life but uh, I'm glad I at least don't have debts even if the bank wishes I did <laughs> so I'd be a person but yeah, I guess uh, to basically, though, to roughly sum things up, my little trip was pretty good. I mean, a lot of weird, dumb shit happened, but it was it was pretty fun overall. Like, you know, obviously, last time I was in Amsterdam, I, you know, just the pressure of it was too weird to be in Europe all by myself. So that was like another, that like, it kind of got off on the right foot right away where I just didn't feel like that this time. I kind of didn't feel like anything. You know, <laughs> like, like once I got there, I'm like, okay, well, here's Amsterdam. I've been here before. It's actually like a little bit boring. It's just like going to coffee shops and walking around, looking at the canals. It's pretty, but it's just like whatever. But I, I was kind of like glad of that. I'm like, that is a big step up that I just feel neutral. <laughs> you know, I don't feel scared anymore. Yeah, well, I got the impression the few times that I read your emails that you really did enjoy Japan. Oh yeah, Japan was much better. So yeah, I figure if we uh, yeah, so if we split this up or whatever, <laughs> I'll get into Japan more, more afterward. But yeah, overall, Japan, it was weird because like nobody, like the English level is way lower than I thought it was going to be. Like legitimately, a lot of people you just you just can't talk to them. There was this one guy at like a Seven Eleven near my house that I saw like every day. So uh, and he would always talk to me in English. Like he was obviously you know wanted to try his english or whatever so i thought like okay let's just break out a little bit because i was staying just down the street at uh it's like i thought it was a pretty notable landmark because it was like a, a taxi depot place is where the apartment building was i was staying and uh, so i was like yeah you know i'm staying nearby i'm like just down the street there just and he's like what i'm like the taxi place down the street that's where i'm staying and he's just blank and i'm like okay never mind <laughs> let's not talk english like <laughs> But I guess what's interesting about it that I learned from from Brad and him doing his uh, his language courses there is just how like what they learn their version of English it's just not English because they're starting it's kind of like you remember those weird phonetics books from back in the day yeah so it sort of reminded me of that of like you're just learning this bizarre alternate form of English that you've then got to learn real English on top of it afterward or, or remember those YouTube videos we were watching last Christmas of uh, yeah. like the game show where they tried to pronounce English words yeah yeah and it's basically because they have way less sounds than us like there's a whole all kinds of sounds that we have that they don't have kind of like how like in african languages they have those clicks and stuff that we don't have 
So it's like they're an even further level simpler. So like every word in their language ends with A-A-U-A-O, like every word. So any word that doesn't, like they add those noises onto the end. And uh, I don't know, it's weird because it, you wouldn't think it would make that much difference. But it's little stuff like uh, they don't know the word beer, but they do know biru because they just add a ooh at the end of beer. And okay. you, you wouldn't think that would mess somebody up, but I guess like when you think about English, like even just little differences make a big difference, you know? Like, I don't know, what's a good example? Like front and font, you know, or something like that? Like those little noises make a big difference and it's the same with them. So you can say beer and they don't get it, but if you say biru, they're like, oh, a beer. <laughs> Like they're just, yeah, because they're just like they're built on this foundation of these sounds. They're just like cramming the English words into the sounds that they have, and you just get this third word that's not Japanese and it's not English. It's fucking not anything. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was surprised by that because I guess they're trying because they have the Tokyo Olympics coming in 2020. Like they're trying to get their English up, but it's like too late. Like it's just institutional. They just don't speak English, which I, I was surprised by. I've just never been somewhere, especially somewhere that's so, so you know, it's Japan. It's first world. Yeah. It's super famous. Yeah. It's, it's, inter and it's internationally uh, very involved in all kinds of things. So, yeah, yeah you'd think there'd be a, a lot of the primary language of the world that you think they would have it. Yeah, and it's not, it's, it's not like nobody speaks English, but I really quickly learned not to assume. You know, like in Amsterdam, I can just assume everyone speaks English. In, in Montreal, you can assume everybody speaks English, and once in a while, somebody doesn't. But in Japan, it's the, the reverse. you got to just assume they don't, and if they do, it's a nice bonus. It was weird, too, so with that uh, thing with the uh, Olympics, like a lot of my places I stayed were way off the beaten path, like one of the places I stayed in Tokyo, it was kind of cool to see the outskirts, but I literally had to ride the train for 90 minutes to get to where, you know, it's basically like a whole other city. And like these trains would be that, that classic packed train thing in Japan. And I'm the only white guy for like the whole 90 minutes on this packed train. But there's always an English voice saying every stop, you know, just because next year the Olympics are happening. <laughs> And it's a weird feeling because I'm like, wow, that voice is just for me. Nobody else is getting anything from that that second announcement. But anyway, I could get into Japan for a million years, but I'll just, uh, I guess I'll run through my little uh, Amsterdam shit <laughs> first. Okay. To take it chronologically. So I don't know if you remember because, again, this was months and months ago. Again, just to keep things cheap, I, uh, I got a place kind of on the outskirts of Amsterdam where I was looking at a map and it's like, okay, if I go to Westwick Station and then I walk for an hour... I get to the Airbnb and I'm like, well, that's fine. I don't mind an hour long walk at the start at the end of the day. It's, it's good for you. It's exercise. But then when I got to Amsterdam, it's like I wasn't seeing how to get to Westwick. It was something was going a little weird. So I asked one of the people at Central Station, like they have the little information people. And I was like, hey, how do I get to Westwick Station? And they consulted their stuff and they're like, oh, that's going to be a station in two years. We just put it on the map because it's going to be great, but it, that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> so, so I actually had to go to as far as the train would go, then take a bus for as far as the bus would go, and then walk. And it was like, it really made me think of all creatures great and small. Like, I was so far out that I was walking past sheep and cows and stuff. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like just and like what have I done here like, <laughs> like this is ridiculous but I kind of got to like it like that sort of became my favorite part my favorite little memory is like I'd spend the day in Amsterdam and it's all crowded and there's bicycles everywhere and whatever all the all the fucking Van Gogh shit you know it's it's nice but whatever but then at the end of the day I just like walk through through all of the uh, all the farms and it's all quiet and nice just me and the sheep so how far did you have to walk like like each day like what yeah well, like would it be would it be an hour and a half two hours I eventually I mean probably about still probably only about an hour each way but I did eventually figure out how the regional buses work where like you're at the very edge of how far you can go and then you get on this separate bus line and you take that and it was kind of expensive but uh but I did figure that out when I didn't want to walk but it was again I mostly didn't mind but it was a weird feeling because it was like uh like it's flat there it's just totally flat and it's probably like walking from like Devon to Nassus you know it's like really not a big deal but when you walk through a city you're just kind of not aware of the distance because you're just walking down a street past buildings but this was like if there was nothing in between like I'm at the edge of one city and all the buildings are behind me and then an hour ahead of me I can see the other city in the distance but in between is just sheep <laughs> you know, and cows and stuff so it just really feels long it feels like some Lord of the Rings shit of just like it's still only an hour long walk but when you can just see the whole walk in front of you it's like well that's an experience not everybody gets I guess when they visit Amsterdam like it was such a weird place that later on like my flight through Russia and when I had to stop over for the night a lot of people were obviously from the Netherlands because uh, you know I left from Amsterdam so I was just chatting with Netherlands people and the place I was at it was called uh, Outthorn and they were like oh yeah I've heard of that but I've never been there like even people who live there have never been there because why would you go there it's where all the sheep are <laughs> so so that was kind of weird but it was kind of cool I didn't mind it you were only there for a couple of days, weren't you? Uh, no, I stayed in Amsterdam a pretty long time. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were there for weeks. Yeah, like about a month. And uh, and it was expensive, too. It's weird because, like, Amsterdam, like, Tokyo wasn't really that expensive. It's about comparable with Toronto. It wasn't that, that bad. Amsterdam, like, that was why I was so in the middle of nowhere is because it was, like, even that was expensive. It was still, I can't remember how much per night, but, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, $40 a night, which Toronto is only... 30 Tokyo was only 27 <laughs> you know? like it was really expensive even to be that far out and even just buying groceries and food and taking transit like everything in the Netherlands or on the euro just really expensive and the, uh, the exchange rate with Canada is not good but nobody there knew it was expensive like whenever I would talk to somebody I don't know it would just inevitably come up where I'm like yeah I'm on vacation it's fun but it, it's a little pricey you know it's hurting the bank account and they were all surprised. Like, it's, it's weird. The people from the Netherlands seem to be under the impression that it's not an expensive place. Well, but, I suppose it's all relative, right? If you don't have anything to compare it to, yeah. whereas you did, you could compare it to Canadian money or whatever. But if they never kind of traveled out of there or traveled any distance out of there, what do they have to compare it to? Yeah, and I guess especially with the euro and stuff now that, like, so much of Europe is all on the same money that like everywhere they go would just be at that same level. So yeah, it probably seems fine, but it's, uh, it's expensive. <laughs> so I don't know that I'll be going out of my way to go back to the Netherlands anytime soon, but, but it was nice to go back just to kind of like 
just to get over that little mental hump of like I just didn't want to have that in my brain for the rest of my life that like I went to Amsterdam and I freaked out <laughs> you know now it's like oh, I went to Amsterdam and I saw a bunch of cows and it was boring as shit but that's fine that's way better uh, oh no I guess one thing if, if there was anything that happened that was like maybe a, a, a good uh, personal development thing is <laughs> this is obviously the you know the famous red light district which it's one of those things that like if I was a self-made man and I had my own money who knows you know I'm probably scum scumball enough that maybe I would go to the red light district but when I'm spending somebody else's money like there's no way there's no how would I ever live that down that you know I went to Amsterdam with my parents money and I spent it on a naked lady <laughs> like, it would be well, crazy you wouldn't have to tell us I, I, yeah I know but I would know you know like I would be walking around with that for the rest of my life like man I'm a scumbag <laughs> so, so I didn't do that but one one thing I did notice though because I would go basically to central station because there's a big beautiful library there and a lot of coffee shops and it's just the central part of Amsterdam was a good place to go just to hang out and do work and actually find washrooms that you don't have to pay money for but I realized at some point that if I got off the subway one stop earlier than central station I could just take a little beeline through the red light district so I'm just like yeah that's my little thrill for the day I'll go walk through but after I did that for like a few days or like a week it really just started feeling weird because I would like recognize the girls behind the glass. It's like, yeah, they're just at work. It's like they're just the people from the neighborhood and here I am again. And I, I like, I kind of got over that, that little titillation thing where I was just like, I got it. What am I doing? This is just weird. <laughs> you know? So I stopped and I felt like that was a good, like, again, almost 40 years old. I finally am just like, hey, maybe I don't have to just be a creepy little creep who likes to look at boobs. <laughs> So, I don't know that I got much out of my Amsterdam trip, but at least I got that. At least I slightly grew as a person. But I think, uh, so the last thing I guess that kind of comes to mind about Amsterdam is it is like really, uh, really regulated. Like it's design, like every building on a block looks the same. Entire neighborhoods all kind of look the same. Everything is very regimented. And I was just like looking out the window of a bus while I went by and I, I just... I got this feeling that I was looking at like a toy, you know, like I was driving through some kind of kid's playset, and I was thinking like, am I just being an asshole? Am I just like being uncool to, to the way these people are and just the way that they have stuff? So, so I was, yeah, looking at, at the suburbs especially, like I guess the central part of Amsterdam, you know, it's, it's all canals and it's all circular and it's all old and beautiful. So these were more the sort of outskirts the suburbs was really what i was looking at when i was thinking like man this looks like a toy like what's going on and then suddenly it occurred to me this like deep down memory from when i was a kid so i want to see if you remember this i'm pretty sure this toy we got came from do you remember how there was this so you know when you cross the uh the what's the big bridge in <laughs> in uh fredericton called the not the westmoreland street bridge but the other one the Westmoreland Street Bridge. Oh, the Princess Margaret Bridge. Yeah, okay, so that, that one. Yeah, you, you, so you, when you cross the, the Princess Margaret Bridge, and there was, this was, you know, ages ago when me and Mark were kids. So you leave there, and you hang a left, I think, and there was, like, there used to be a, a hotel there, and they had Yeah, this, Kitty's. Kitty's Motel. Kitty's Hotel. So I think that was the place where it was, like, this, some kind of toy show. Does this ring any bells? Where they had... Hello. 
well, yeah, there could have been a toy show in there. Because I remember you, you and Dad took me and Mark, and they had all of these different toys and stuff. And I don't know, I, I didn't even know what it was about. It was just like we just went there and looked at stuff, and you were like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And then at Christmas or whatever, we got toys from that thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what that was. <laughs> like, that's when I clued in. I don't know. Anyway, that that's not important. But the one of the toys we got, which might still be at the house, it was like a a little neighborhood playset thing. You know, it just was like little streets and stop signs and and stoplights yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we still have that upstairs. So the Up thing, on the third floor. Yeah. So the thing with that, where it's got like these kind of rounded edges on the curbs, and it has. The streets are, are asphalt colored, but there's all these like salmon colored parts where I now know that's like a bike lane is what that means, where like parts of the road are, are, uh, are red. But the real tip off is all of the stop signs and all of the, uh, the traffic lights and stuff, they all have this like black and white, kind of like a barbershop look, except it's just horizontal, like black and white stripes on everything. You should check it out when you come home, Curtis. Yeah. It might have been made in the Netherlands, well, that's for all what I, I know. That, I think it must have been, because, yeah, I was looking at this stuff, and I'm like, wait a fucking second. That's why this looks like a toy. Because that toy that we had as a kid must have been a Dutch toy. It had to have been, because, like, yeah. it's so specific, especially the, the black and white stripes on everything. Yeah. I think there's a very good chance it might have been made in, in the Netherlands. Yeah, and I just thought that was so neat, because that's just one of those weird things. Like, I, I probably never would have thought of that toy again ever in my life but like just those little little weird moments that you'll never know you're gonna have until they happen you know like i just kind of went to the netherlands for really no reason just because i wanted to go back and you know have a better time and i was out in the outskirts for no reason just to make it cheap and then i then that's when i saw like holy crap that toy from 30 years ago was just like this <laughs> and it's just one of those cool little moments that i mean technically doesn't mean anything but to me you know it's like those little weird moments where it's like your life like folds in on itself like whoa that weird memory from way back then is applicable now and like i never would have expected that or couldn't have predicted that just a weird thing well, now you get something to look forward to. When you come back, you can check it out and set it all. Set yeah, up the little town. I definitely, yeah, I'll have to, like, dig through the, uh, the closet and see if it's still there. Because we definitely had it for many years, and uh, it's probably still there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's up on the third floor underneath those cupboards, under, underneath the sink in the kitchen. Well, that was just such a weird thing, too, because I really was, like, trying to psychoanalyze myself. Like, why does my subconscious keep reading this city as a toy? Like, like I was just thinking, like... Am I just a some kind of a weird dickhead? Like, do I just not respect other cultures and I find their cultures like a toy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, what's wrong? No, with you? you were just having a deja vu. Yeah, it was an actual toy, and like, whoa, like that's so. I don't know. Been there, weird. yeah, you were there before. It doesn't mean I'm not <laughs> a dickhead. Toyland. But yeah, in that one case, I was like, no, that actually was legit. That was an actual thing that uh, that I felt that was appropriate. But yeah, I guess that's about it really with uh, the Netherlands. Uh, the only real thing is like, man, they, I couldn't, uh, couldn't have had a more, more of a whiplash effect with the bathrooms. Like Japan is amazing for bathrooms. There's just bathrooms everywhere. There's 10 times more bathrooms, if, if not more, than, than North America. Just everywhere you go, there's a bathroom, which I love because I got to pee all the time. Whereas the Netherlands still 
is the opposite. Like it's, I, I was reading up stuff about it, and it's, it might be, the, it's like pretty much the only, not even the Netherlands, really just Amsterdam, is like the only place on these travel websites and stuff where they're like, yeah, make sure you have a pocket full of coins to go to the bathroom, because you can't just go to the bathroom like a human being. <laughs> you've got to spend money to go to the bathroom and I really hated that that's the only thing this time that I still really hated like there was this mall uh, just since I had to take the long bus ride you know from the outskirts there was this mall midway to Amsterdam and I was like that's a pretty nice mall like I could and I had to transfer there anyway so it's like yeah I could just get off here and hang out at the mall get a coffee you know break up the journey but the the bathroom was like, I don't even think, some of the bathrooms are 50 cents and some of them were a whole dollar, a whole euro, which is like two dollars. And yeah, it's just like, I just, I just never went there. Cause I usually gotta pee when I first get to a place and then pee before I leave. I'm not gonna spend like two or three dollars just to fucking piss. Like it just makes you feel like cattle it's or something. It's an undergrounder yeah. behind the wall. Or... Yeah, and it's just way too too populous. I mean, heck, I, if I could have peed outside, I would have, but there was just nowhere around there. <laughs> like, that's, that's, yeah. So that, so, so uncool. Or, and the one thing they still do sometimes is uh, even at, like, it's so weird that even places like McDonald's and uh, Burger King, it's kind of 50-50. Sometimes the bathroom's open, sometimes it's not. And it just really makes no sense, because it's like, why, why would Burger King, I don't know, like, it's weird. So Burger King comes into the Netherlands, and they're like, let's set up shop here. But if, if they didn't charge for the bathroom anywhere else in the world, why do it there? Like, just because other people do? Like, like do people from the Netherlands like to spend money on the bathroom, is what I'm asking, I guess. Because <laughs> I just don't understand the logic. Like, why would an outside corporation also do this just weird but uh some of the places like there's one mcdonald's in particular that uh, was just happened to be on my route so i went there sometimes they had like a lady in front of the bathroom like she would set up a table put a nice tablecloth on it and it's it's kind of like at a strip club where there's like a dude in the bathroom that like gives you hand soap and you're supposed to tip them it's like that it's like technically you don't have to give this lady 50 cents to go into the bathroom but she's sitting right there <laughs> and you kind of do have to you know and this was yeah, a mcdonald's kind of expected if there's an expectation and if you don't it's like what's wrong with you yeah and it's not some like mom and pop netherlands place that has been charging to go to the bathroom since time immemorial it's it's mcdonald's like i just i really that's the one thing although these travel websites i started reading said like even in Amsterdam, it's starting to go away because, like, everyone hates it so much and no one else in the world does it. And, like, not not no one. Like, there are pay toilets in Toronto and, like, it happens. But in the in Amsterdam, it, it never doesn't happen. <laughs> and it's, like, fucking ridiculous. It's like, dude, I feel like it's a basic human right to be able to pee. And uh, it's like the Geneva Convention needs to get on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's well, and especially if you uh, okay, it's one thing if you just came in off the street, you're using their bathroom. But if you are in something like Burger King, McDonald's, whatever, yeah, and you are buying grub there, well, you should be able to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I feel like charge. Yeah, it should be factored in, right? <laughs> factored into the uh, to the price, and at least some of those places, like the ones where there is like a lady in front of a table, like those bathrooms are beautiful, so that's nice. Like you know, they that's what they do is like you're tipping them because they keep the bathroom nice. But at the fucking Burger King, that's out by the hotel, 
district where it just makes no sense for them to charge 50 cents and it's disgusting <laughs> it's like none of this makes any sense this all just needs to stop like somebody just needs to put their foot down and be like what the hell is going on so uh that's yeah that was the only downside is the bathrooms which i'm obviously extra sensitive to but anyway yeah Oh, Speaking of bathrooms, we'll have to cut off soon. I ate a whole mess of watermelon today, and I think I'd better go. <laughs> That's fine, because I was just about to say, too, that, yeah, like, at this point, it's like, even just getting from Amsterdam to Japan, where I had this stopover in Russia, I feel like that's a whole story in and of itself. So I'll save that for, like, next week. I'll give you a call. Okay. And uh, Episode two. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, because it was kind of cool. It was, like, horrible in, as it happened. That's when I was, uh, like, I emailed you that I, I had diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got stranded in Russia. It was a whole thing. Stay tuned, everybody. It's a fucking ridiculous story. But uh, <laughs> so, is this a, a good time to call, like Tuesday night, or is there? Any? Yes, Tuesday night's good. Yeah, cool. and about this time, you know, eightish, nineish, whatever. Cool. All right. Well, I'll call you next Tuesday, and uh, I'll drop you a line about the credit card stuff, just to let you know if it worked or didn't or whatever. Okay. Awesome. Well, it was good to talk to you after all these months. Yes, good to talk to you, too. <laughs> to finally be back in the land where there's not that many phones left in Vancouver, but there's at least more than none. So. Okay. All right, so I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye.